You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. Have you ever thought of supercharging your running game? Well, get set to discover the transformative power of relay races from team spirit to mental grit. We've got all the insights. Stay tuned. Hi, we are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre. And with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing PRs. I am Diego. I'm Rochelle. And now you explain today what we're going to talk about because it's Always the first two minutes, me just talking. <laughs> okay, so I'll talk for two minutes. Okay, yes. <laughs> deal. Um, relay races, mainly because we just did one. Yeah. And uh, we've done a few on it, it, very different types of ones, like the Formula Run with short sprints, and I've done Cabot Trail with like 17 people. So we just did one in Utica, and we thought we would talk about the top seven reasons why we would recommend someone do some relay racing, as to opposed improve. to just the regular... 10k road race marathon that sort of thing yeah and like as a as a as a training technique to to improve as a runner to be get be, get better and have a better race your whatever your a race is because it's important this wasn't an a race at all we didn't taper we didn't trade for it it was just for fun uh, but i think there's there are a lot of benefits to to this kind of relay races yeah mentally and physically yeah and we were going to talk about it um Let's start with our training weeks, apart from the relay race on the weekend. One of these weeks, I'm going to get on and go, it was awesome. It was perfect. Everything was great, but it has happened. No, it, it's really funny because I think at the beginning of the year, when you were training for Cornwall, every week was like, we even talk about yeah. this. It was awesome. It was awesome. But for this build, it hasn't been. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. So it'll be interesting to see how the race goes. Uh, last week, I just had this really stubborn, cold cough that I couldn't get rid of. And I ran through it, which, you know, do as I say, not as I do, maybe. <laughs> but it, every day I woke up and my energy levels were fine and everything was fine. I just had this stupid cough. And then by Sunday, so I ran 30K the previous Sunday and I was like, okay, that didn't feel great. So I took three days off. I Usually Monday is off, but I took three days completely off. No strength training, nothing? I did nothing. Like, I wor you know, being a physio was active, so I'm on my feet all day. But other than that, I did nothing. Okay. Um, and then Thursday, I went for a really short 5k run just to test things out. And I felt so much better. Cough was still there, but like my legs weren't as tired and my muscle fatigue was gone. And then I did a relay race on Saturday, which we'll talk more about in the episode. But I think I only ran 23k last week. Okay. So normally I was going to Including have events, the race. Including the race, which was 18. <laughs> so I ran two days. Last week, that was it. Thursday and then Saturday, I did two legs of the relay. So I ran three times, but over two days. So very, normally with a recovery week, I say to people like lower by 20, 30% your weekly volumes. Mine just bottomed out completely. But I think it helped. I feel mentally excited to dive into a week of training and hopefully it will feel a little bit better as I get into this week. And how are you planning to bounce back in your mileage? Go straight to 80K again? No, I'll probably do 70 this week, I think. Okay. Yeah, like 70, 75, and then next week, see if I can hit 80 again. Okay. Yeah. 
And how do you feel about uh, your marathon having these kind of weights? I don't know. I still have, I posted, I don't know if anyone saw it on my own Instagram, like before Cornwall. I had this little sticky note on the inside of my bathroom cabinet that said 328. Yeah. And I've had 319.59 okay. on mine since Cornwall. And I look at that and I go, well, I don't know if this build is good enough for that, but I've left it there because I haven't decided that it's. Yeah, we're still eight weeks away. I, I need to, I need for the next eight weeks for my speed on Thursdays to come together to okay. like sharpen my speed and feel strong again. And if that doesn't happen, I'll probably have to change my goal. But for now, I'm leaving it. But we were talking yesterday that your video time, it's 310. Yeah. So you're already 10 minutes slower. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. that'll be my yeah. saving grace, as they say. Yeah. And it will be an interesting to know your go your time in, in eight weeks in the Chicago Marathon to see how this crazy build uh, turns out. I think it's going to be good enough. I see a lot of elite athletes post and they're like, what a phenomenal race I had after such a crappy build or a yeah. horrible first half of my build. And I think, oh, yeah, that's me now. So maybe. You build resilience, I think, during yeah. these crazy weeks where not everything is going as planned. Uh, so you build resilience that translates into into the race. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my week was really normal. Uh, I, 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 I was planning to doing 24 kilometers long run. And I did 22 during the relay race. So that's, that was yeah. pretty close. And how much elevation? That was crazy. It was like or, a few hundred meters. Yeah, like 350 meters in 16 kilometers. For my, our American friends, like that's like a thousand feet in 10 miles. Yeah. It's crazy. So even though you you missed out on a couple K for your long run, it's probably yeah. okay. And the, effort, and the effort was greater, right? Yeah. Instead of running at 440, 450 pace for a long run, I ran four minutes per kilometer and trying to plot the uphills and the downhills. And, uh, but other than that, I, uh, we've been talking about my calf. Yeah. Uh, and it felt great during the race. Uh, I bought a new calf sleeve, compression sleeve, uh, that I think really, really helped. Uh, and it was a good test because I haven't done any speed in like four weeks. This was my first attempt to doing it. And I'm happy that I did it because. I still feel my calf somehow, uh, and I, if it was a regular week, I haven't done any speed, but it, it was a race. So, and that's part of what we're going to talk about, the, the benefits of doing these kind of races in the middle of your, of your mm -hmm. training. We, we think there, there are a lot of, of, of benefits. Do you feel like your calf is any worse now than it was last week, or is it feeling better? It's feeling better. And that, that, that's a funny thing. That's <laughs> the big thing. Like, as long as it's not trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. But it's it, being a running physio is difficult because on paper, I would have never told you, don't do the really race. Don't do Honey Badger because I didn't want to do Honey Badger. If I told you not to do it, you might be like, well, you do yeah, it. Because sure, yeah. Honey Badger is the hardest leg in the relay. But it's on paper, it's like, okay, you have a calf injury and you're about to go do this really hilly double leg relay. You probably shouldn't do that. But then you go do it and you feel fine yeah I, i i i plan for it right so i have this electroshock i don't know how to say that i bought at costco at like six years ago Oh, probably like a tens unit or dr hose ah yeah something yeah. like that and that really helps like release the tension in my muscles especially in this case my calf and um i did that on friday night i did that on sunday and saturday morning and i taped it 
and I uh, bought the compression sleeve. So I, I tried to, to do as much as I mm -hmm. can to fix it or to And you didn't do speed it. for a couple of weeks, so you kind of let yeah. let it settle as much as you could. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. But yeah, my build hasn't been perfect either, but not as crazy as you for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, we're, we're going to strive for perfection in the next eight weeks, right? Yeah. Once we get this canoe trip this weekend, hope for one. Yeah, we're going to run our long runs on, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, now, we have very interesting news about the running world in so, somehow. Let's start talking about you can, because you tried it. I yeah. see a lot of professional athletes being sponsored by UCAN. If you've never heard about UCAN, it's like the new fueling. Is it a gel or what it is? It, you, yeah, I guess you would call it a gel. It's very liquidy though, but it looks just like goo and more than like it's in the little package that you rip off okay. and you squeeze out. So it's a new player in that field. Mm -hmm. And they sponsor Sarah Hall. Kira D'Amato bunch of elite athletes. Sisson, basically like the the marathon record holder and half marathon record holder in the States, plus the master's marathon record holder. That doesn't Sarah. mean that the Yukon was the reason of that. No, but it's like, I'm basically going for the Canadian record because I'm going to have Yukon, you right? You so Watch out, Natasha. <laughs> uh, but well, you tried it. Yeah. How did you feel? I So I tried it because I had a lot of nausea at the end of Cornwall, which I don't know if it was from the gels or because I was dehydrated. I have a feeling I was dehydrated and dr didn't drink enough the day of. Um, but when you look at UCAN, a lot of the people who promote it and say that they like it, say it helps with their like GI distress or nausea or upset stomach. And there's not the kind of boom and bust during your run where you get a lot of energy and then you crash and you take another gel. And I find, I feel that, like okay. I take a gel and I feel great, but within like five, six K, I'm like, oh, and then I need another one. I need another one. <laughs> yeah. And I do feel like when I have gels, it, it doesn't make me feel sick or anything, but I do feel it in my stomach, like a heaviness. So I got the UCAN um, from a store in Toronto. And I have to say, I tried four of them in my 30 K long run. Okay. It's hard to say performance-wise if it helped because the long because run was awful. Like crap, yeah. But I, there was a lot of reasons for that. Like, it's not a superhuman gel that's going to fix everything. So I don't blame the gel for that. But it did, I didn't have the boom and bust, the crashes and the highs and the lows. And I do felt feel like it felt better on my stomach. Like, it didn't sit in my stomach in a heavy way. It just doesn't taste amazing. Okay. Um, it's a little bit, there's no sugar in it. They have this kind of new technology steady technology yeah. and it's a slow release carbohydrate so it's sweet but it's like kind of bitter sweet taste do you think you can get used to it yes okay. yeah even by the fourth one the, once i knew what it tasted like i was like and it leaves a grindy kind of sandy taste in your mouth but if you have a quick drink of water with it it's fine the, that that was going to be my next question do you think you can you need to have some water with it like just like a uh, goo i i feel like you probably don't need it for, because it's really gentle on the stomach but for me i don't like the taste it leaves in my the texture of it i don't like okay so i feel like i need a sip of it for that reason not for any like gi troubles okay yeah cool. So I'm going to have to, they're expensive. Or they're like more. More yeah, than expensive. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not going to use them every single long run because I just spent like $120 getting 24 of them, I think it was. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I'm going to use them on some of my. Cool. Yeah. I saw their website last night and their big selling point, one of their big selling points is that no GI distress. And yeah. I, I know a lot of runners suffer from GI distress. Um, 
I've, I'm, I'm luckily I've never have. Mm-hmm. I don't like goose because they just you just don't like taste about and that, how they feel in your stomach. It's not that I get GI distress, but I can feel them like getting their paw. Yeah, and Martin has been my savior. <laughs> and when I did Cornwall, I had Morton, but I also did exact. Yeah. So I did a little bit of both. And I don't, yeah, I just felt nauseous. I didn't feel like I was going to throw up or anything. It was just this gross, nausea. To and do you, do you feel if, if you don't get that nauseous, nauseous, nauseous feeling, nausea. nauseous feeling, uh, your time will have been better? Oh, the last 5K, I couldn't push through it at all. I was just barely hanging on to my pace. And I felt, I was obviously tired. Yeah. But I, di- I couldn't, like, dig deep and get that, like, finishing kick because my stomach just felt awful. Like, I couldn't push past it. Okay. And 5K we'll is see. 10% of the race. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, on other notes, I tried the new Kimvara Pros last week. I bought them, and they are fantastic. Uh, I like I like their selling point also. It, I got an email from Saucony, and it was like, not for the 1% of your runs, like, taking the... I don't, or, or anything, or, or something in alpha flies and verpo flies and these super expensive super shoes that you only use for racing, but for their other 99% of your oh, runs, okay. that's like their selling point. So it's a training shoe. It's not just a racing shoe. Yeah. Like you can use it for both. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's their, their idea with this shoe. Uh, and I tried them because I used to love Kimbaras. Before I tried super shoes, alpha flies and verpo flies, I ran in Kimbaras all the time. I trained in them. Uh, raced in them, speed sessions, long runs, everything was in my Kimbaras. My first two marathons were in Kimbaras. Um, so when I saw Kimbaras with a new super foam and a carbon plate, I, mm-hmm. those are my shoes. Um, I bought them and I really like them for like long runs and easy runs. I don't know. I, they don't feel as fast as a Vaporfly or Alphafly, uh, but you can really see feel the difference in, in, your, in your easy runs. So for example, after our Saturday race that I ran 22k really fast I ran 11 kilometers the next day with those shoes and I felt great and mm-hmm. perfect so I I really like them I love the color I bought I bought the white ones um and they feel soft stable and they're not super expensive That's, they're expensive but they're not like crazy I think there were like two 210 Canadian. Yeah. And I got a 15% discount in the website. Uh, yeah, I, pay, I paid like 200 with taxes. Mm-hmm. So. And you're not just using them to race, so you'll get your money's worth. It, it's funny because it, when you use your, your super shoes or your race shoes just for that, they last years, right? Because you use them two or three times a year. But if I use these ones for my easy longs and long runs, and I'm running two, three hundred kilometers a week, mm-hmm. a week, uh, a month, or three, they're gonna last two months. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult balance. I remember getting my, I wore the Topo Spectres. I really liked them, and uh, they felt. I was so annoyed because, like, two months in, these are falling apart. What's wrong with these? I've only had them for two months. And then Jeff Logan on our track team was like. Well, how much running on them have you done in the last two months? And it was like a few hundred kilometers. Like it was a lot. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, when you think of it that way, that makes sense. But they feel sturdy. And the other, the only thing I have to say about them is that they just use the name Kimbaras because I think Kimbaras is super popular. <laughs> but they are not Kimbaras. They're not Kimbaras. No. Yeah, they they just... are not lightweight as Kimbaras. They don't have a four millimeter, millimeter drop. They have an eight millimeter drop. So they just are named <laughs> Kimbaras. Uh, 
but but I love them and I I, I really like them and really recommend. Yeah, them. I may I have to go shopping this week, so yeah. I may try. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the other thing, because before we go into those seven tips, seven reasons why you should try or we recommend you try a relay race, it's the price purse for the World 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 Athletics Championship that is coming next week, and I just find it really really interesting. So. If you are running individual events and we talk about it, it doesn't matter. It looks like if you are female or male, you're getting the same yeah. amount of money. Which is amazing. Which is cool. So if it's gold, you get $70,000. $70,000. American? Yes. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it's a lot or not because that's your life, right? And it's only one place. Some, some people are entered in multiple events though. Yes. So that's if true. they win, like Yakub. Ingebrigtsen. Yeah, I think he's going to make a few grand. He might get a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, silver, you get. 35,000. Bronze, 22. Yeah. And it goes up to eighth place. You get five grand. Yeah, that's nice that it's not just the top three. Because I feel like at the World Majors, if I'm not mistaken, it's only first, second, third that gets most of the money. And first gets the majority of it, right? I, I, I don't So you can come like fourth and. Get thing, and uh, $500. Get a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's nice that it's just spread out. And for the relay events, it's uh, 80, 80K for gold, but I guess divided into all the mm -hmm. runners or participants in the yeah. in the relay event. So that's not a lot of money. And that there is an extra $100,000 bonus if you get any world record. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I can see some world records going down. I can see Jacob in and making three four hundred thousand yeah. dollars in and one faith, is faith going faith keeping on who we talked about last week like she could lower her three world records that she just said imagine that so that's three hundred thousand dollars for three and plus three first places that's half a million dollars yeah. pretty much in... it's a pretty good paycheck for a week but that's the only thing it's like the best in the world make a lot of money if you are yeah. fifth in the world you are not making enough money to mm -hmm. sustain your traveling and hotels and I guess that's and, where you have to have a good sponsor yeah. or you're, you can't physically do it yeah for sure so those were like our chasing sprints of this week you can Kimbara Pros and the prize sports for the world championships next week so let's go into the seven tips of why you should I don't like the word should but you can yeah why why you should consider Ah, I love doing that. a relay race. Like, we're not going to tell you what to do, but if you have access to a relay race. Yeah. And there are a lot of different types. For I'm going to mention a few. Like, two years ago, we did one some one virtually. You remember a 5K? Oh, yeah. And it wasn't a relay race per se, but I think the benefits of it apply. And it was like, it, it, it was virtual because we were in the middle of COVID. And it was like a, a four-team person team, and everyone needs to run a 5K. And the average of those times, it's your time, and that's how you placed. We won. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Uh, but that's that, not the only reason we liked it, but that was... Yeah, exactly. If we came 10th. <laughs> no, but you, even if you are running 5K by yourself, but you know your teammates are counting on your time, even 10 seconds are, can make a difference, um, that, that helps you push. And that, that goes with pretty much all of the benefits we are going to talk about right now. Yeah. Then uh, we talked about this formula run a few weeks ago. Well, like two months ago. <laughs> it's been Seems like just yesterday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and it's like, uh, it was a almost 400 meter loop. 
an hour and a half. Teams of one, two, three, or four. And you just use your own strategy. You can run as many laps as you want, and you can pass the baton as many times as, as you want. So you are pushing for an hour and a half every time you are on the on the track. And there's there's something like we did last weekend that it was a hundred kilometer race, 60 miles for our American friends. And it's a point to point thing. And there are teams of four or six. And then also you can adjust your racing and strategy however you can, you want. And it's the fastest team that goes from point A to point B, a hundred kilometers. So yeah. that's, uh, if you're the, and you did the Cabo Trail that has a somehow different. Very similar to what we just did, but there were 17 legs, although often the winners only have five people, so they're doing multiple legs each. Um, but it's a, it's a much longer distance because it goes around the Cabot Trail. I think it's over 200 kilometers. Okay. Um, and the elevation is crazy, right? And it's 17 different races. So instead of having a bracelet that you hand off, you're, you have to be done by a certain time, and then the whole race starts for leg two, and they pick up and move the timing mats and the clocks for every 17 of the legs. Okay. There's one um, East Coast Trail Ultra. I don't know if they still do it as a team, but I did that one as well. It was a 50K trail race. Okay. And I did 20K of it with two friends from back home in uh, Labrador. And that was cool too, cause, but it was all trail, like along the cliffs, along the Atlantic Ocean. That was, it was interesting. And same thing, you kind of, you tag your person and then they're gone. Yeah. So lots of variety. Yeah. And there's, in triathlon, a lot of people do, someone does swim, the other pairs some bikes, the other, other spends some runs. And I think all of that, those kind of different races, if you know of any other one, will be really interesting to know about it. Uh, but the benefits we're going to talk about, I think, apply to all of them. So you want to go with the first one? Yeah, the, the team dynamics. So often you're, it's an individual sport. You're running alone. You're motivating yourself. You're running for you. And if you've ever done soccer, hockey, football, very different, yeah. There's this camaraderie and teamwork, and you're you're in it for each other, and you work harder because others are counting on you. And relay races give you a little bit of that. You're not just alone running just for you. Yeah, we were talking about it that it really helps you to push, right? You you push harder because you know people are expecting you. People are waiting for you, literally. Yeah. I for was you to come. dying at one point. Because I haven't done any hills. We're training for Chicago. Yeah. So like we said in the intro, we didn't make this an A race. We didn't train specifically for it. We just went and did it. But this was really hilly. Mine wasn't as hilly as yours, but it was, I struggled. And there was one point when I was like, oh my God, I want to walk so bad. And it was just like taunting me, like, just slow down, just walk. But you guys hadn't driven past yet. It's like, <laughs> if they go by and I'm walking, no. And I I'm like picked about up the pace. <laughs> I was like, screw that. And I'm like. But if it was an individual race, I totally would have started walking because yeah. it was a very, very steep climb that I was on. Yeah, I think human beings are very good at making excuses to do things. So if you have, for example, I've, I've done it. I have a 20-minute 5K goal, for example. And if by kilometer three, I'm not in that pace, you start to think, why, why to push harder, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make my goal. It doesn't matter if I'm going to do 2010 or 21, it's going to feel the same shitty because I didn't achieve my goal. So yeah. you stop pushing. But in these kind of races, it's like, it doesn't matter. People are literally, literally waiting for you. Yeah. Right. So that really helps to to motivate you to push harder and achieve better timings. 
Uh, and I think that will translate into your races because you're teaching your body, you're teaching your brain that you can do that. And even if you are really tired, you can keep pushing and pushing and, and be faster. Yeah. You push the limit, like that threshold a little bit. Yeah. And then the next time you know, well, I did it before, I can do it again. Yeah. That's number one, team dynamics. Mm -hmm. Number two, I really like this one. Varied intensity. Yeah. So, yeah, this was, you had the highest intensity. Yeah, but for because if it's a, in, in this case, you every leg is different. Yeah. Right. The one we did, the cable trail was that. Uh, even the formula run, it's a 400 meter, but you can say, okay, I need to take this lap a little easier. So next one, I can really push it. So inside the same day, you are training very kind of different intensities. You can mm -hmm. be jogging, you can be going uphill, downhill, uh, flat. Uh, so uh, I think that's that's really interesting and beneficial to your to your training. And you have to play. I so I've done this peak to burr relay twice now, and both times I did this mistake. Maybe the third time will be the charm. <laughs> but you're doing two legs. So the first leg, I'm like, okay, don't go too hard because you've got to run again in a couple hours, and that's gone out the window. As soon yeah. as you see someone ahead of you that you're trying to catch, or you look down and you're like, oh, I could go quicker than this. So then you finish leg one, and it's like, oh crap, I have to race again in a couple hours. But that varied intensity, so then it was like the second leg was slower, yeah. but you're trying to hang on still, and then there's a hill, so you're, you've got this goal, and then all of a sudden it's a little bit slower than you had planned because you're climbing and climbing. And Yeah, and, and the second or third or fourth time, if you're in a smaller team, that you do it, you're running in tired and tired and tired of legs. So you're just improving and teaching your body different things that you can do that you wouldn't do otherwise if you yeah. were training normally in your regular trails and your regular... Uh, route or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, but I, but how do you say that? Varied intensity. Varied intensity. Yeah, getting some hill training. <laughs> uh, number three. Adaptability. This one, uh, if you, if it's a long race, in this case, 100 kilometers or a 200 kilometer, you're going to get uphills, downhills, trails, uh, grass. You're going to get a lot of different kind of train, terrain. So, that that makes you a better runner. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been joining a, a running group on Wednesdays during the summer that do a lot of trail running, not hardcore trail running, but I can see how bad of a runner I'm, I am on trail running. Yeah. And every time I go there, I suffer. We're the last ones to finish because we pick the, the longest route and we're the slowest one trail runners there. So we always finish last uh, and I feel like crap. The whole time. Yeah. You're just not used to. But I'm thinking, wait, this is, this is going to help me become a better road runner. That's what yeah. I like. I think trail runners are definitely more athletic, usually. Like a really good trail runner and a really good road runner. Like if you look at being able to be agile and good balance and stability and all this, these things are better usually as trail runners. Yeah. Just because it's so much more demanding. So if you like road running and you do some trail running or you do these kind of crazy races, you are training different things or you're going to become a better runner. I always talk about becoming a better athlete. When I, when I changed my mindset of being a runner to being an athlete and starting to do strength training and then maybe on, in, on winter uh, joining a rowing group or doing some boxing or in the trail running. I've been becoming a better and better and better and better runner than just sticking to running in roads all the time. Um, and if we talk, I think we talked about it last week, being about uh, living a long time, like 
living into a hundred years, 90 years, these kinds of adaptability and training your body in a holistic way are, are really important. I think that's where the gym comes in a lot too, because a lot of times we get runners at our gym to do strength testing or programming. And the ones who only run, they have no ability to move laterally and, the, and explosiveness and power, like it's just not there. But then when you start working on all that, it makes you much more of a well-rounded athlete. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number four, we've been talking about this, but mental toughness. And, it's just, and, and in this case, it's not about, just about when you are running, it's when you are waiting. That, also. So Nikki, one of the girls on our team, had both of her legs done before I started my first one. Yeah. Like she passed me, did she pass me the baton? I can't remember now, but yeah. she was done. She passed it to you when you passed it to me. Oh, yes. And she's like, oh, I'm done. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't even started. Yeah, I haven't run my first I was like, can you shut that down? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and, and just the, the, you need to control your, your nerves because we, we all get nervous, right? We, you need to control your anxiety. And because you can, you can see a runner like a K away, that's four or five minutes away, and you are just there waiting, right, anxiously. And your warm-up, it's can if you don't warm up properly. So that uh, mental toughness of just waiting your turn and trying to be calm to, to not uh, overexert yourself or burn waste energy that you don't need to waste just being anxious and uh, so and handling the pressure, right? Because people are counting on you. Yeah. And I think with this race particularly, it's hard because you're often running alone for a lot of it. Yeah. You're just on these country roads. There's nobody in sight. Every now and then a van passes you and yells at you encourages you but you're just by yourself a lot it's not like chicago where there's forty-five thousand people and you're all passing each other and racing each other it's just you're alone so mentally you've got to bring your a game yeah for sure and even when you are for for, for example the formula run it was in a 400 meter race so everyone all the teams have their teammates there so every lap there was tons of people but you need you need, you need to be really focused you need to, okay when's my turn my turn is in two minutes it's in three minutes do, do i have time to get some Gatorade, do I have to go to the bathroom? I need to come back. I need to search for my teammate because the, the exchange part was really narrow. So you need you need to find a spot to pass the baton. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that's all mental and mental toughness and mental training that will translate into your running, will translate into your life. And if you don't try these different kind of races, uh, you're never, never going to experience it. And I, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but they're really hard to replicate in your training. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think I'm saying I love this one in every in, in every point, but I really love They're the next really one. They're all really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, recovery practice. We've talked about a lot about recovery in this podcast. So how do does doing these kind of races help you with recovery? I had, th I want to say I had three hours between my two legs. Okay. So when I finished, after I was done like cursing and talking about how hard it was and how heavy it was. It was like, okay, I need to get some protein and I need to get replenish my carbs, electrolytes. I need to drink. I need to need to drink soon so that I'm not thirsty later and drinking within the hour so that I have to pee on the next leg. So you're just doing all these things to like immediately try to recover from what you just did and get ready for the next one. So I was changing, getting out of my sweaty clothes to get dry and comfortable again and water and food. And then you don't want to just sit in the van for the next three hours. So a little bit of like sitting but kind of walking around and cheering people on and stretching the legs out a little bit um it's it's hard though because when you start that second leg you don't feel fresh like the first one no matter what you did yeah 
but you can make it better for yourself. Yeah, I think in rec recovery wise in this kind of race, at, at least the one we did, uh, it's just being hydrated and refueling. Mm -hmm. Even the formula run or every other run, it's okay, I need to run now and, or in three hours or in 10 minutes or in 20 minutes. What can I do to be the best I can in the next, when, when it's my next turn? And fueling, it's, you, you mentioned it, get your proteins as fast as you can. What do you have? I, ha I had a cliff bar. Yeah, I had a protein shake. Okay. Yeah. Um, getting carbs also, Gatorade. In this case, super yeah. easy to, to consume. Um, and then, as you just mentioned, you need to somehow be active, but resting. It's a, it's a hard balance. And I've mentioned in, after my long runs, for example, my legs are really tired sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I go for a walk that afternoon with my kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, mo that being active and getting the blood flow really helps with, with recovery. So you, you're starting to learn about this. And it's not only what you do that day. I don't know about you, but I, I read. Uh, you, how can I recover faster uh, if I'm doing this relay race? So you start to, to hear this podcast or reading some blog post or you, you start to get more knowledge into your system. And the next time you're going for a long run, the next time you're going for an interval session, you, oh, I remember if, if I do my proteins, maybe I will recover better. Mm -hmm. If I go for a walk, maybe I will recover better. If I, I'm drinking and staying hydrated. So you learn more things and you practice them in a very short span. That it's in one day you practice all the things you learn. Yeah. Um, Give yourself the best chance you possibly can. Yeah. And we, we, we talk a lot about recovery here. So. Uh, if you don't recover from a workout, you're not, there's no point of doing the next work. Yeah. Uh, so that, those little tweaks and things really, really help. Uh, number six, you want to say number six? Just getting a good motivation boost. Sometimes we can get stuck in racing ruts. Like if you've got a certain goal time and you're not getting it, like say you're trying to break a certain time in the 5K or the 10K or whatever, and it hasn't been going well, or... Maybe you're someone who, like your PR days, you, you really peaked and now maybe you're in your 50s and your 60s and you're struggling to like Don't tell do me I can't PR in my 50s. You're going to be PRing when you're 70. Don't worry. <laughs> you'll read too much and learn too much. You'll, you'll know what to do. Um, but yeah, like if you're kind of obsessed with these times and you're doing everything you can and you're not getting them, it's nice to go do, like my legs were like 9.64 kilometers <laughs> and... 8.24 or something. like I can't remember exactly, but they're just random numbers. So there's no like PB. There's no, and it was super hilly. So I wasn't like, oh, I want this pace because one kilometer would be like a five minute pace and the next one would be 410 because it was all downhill. Um, so I think it's just nice to kind of reset things and just enjoy running without being obsessed with pace and numbers. Yeah. Just for the sake of running and having a fun time. Yeah. And a lot of times we train a lot alone. Mm -hmm. And this kind of camaraderie and just hanging out with runners can, can help you. For example, you were having a really bad last two weeks. Do you think this experience helped you like get a new perspective or get a new kind of energy for the next eight weeks? Yes, because I was able to run fast and it didn't hurt. Like my hamstring's fine. My knees are fine. Everything feels good. So I've been a little bit hesitant with the speed. But then it was a really race and I wasn't going to be like, oh, but I've got to be careful because my hamstring, I was like 100% running as hard as I could. 
and everything's fine. Yeah. So it makes me motivated to to push the pace for the next few weeks. Yeah, and accomplish new things mm -hmm. really, even if the, the first time you don't uh, really race, it, it's a sense of accomplishment. It doesn't matter your place. It doesn't matter your time. You did it, right? The first time you participated in that. I remember last year we we returned extremely excited about the race. Yeah. We were already planning next year. So yeah, it can rekindle your, your love for the, for the, for the sport and to training hard and, and you can see the, you feel, okay, uh, in your case, uh, I'm weak in heel training. So, okay, next time I'm going to add heel training. So you, 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 you see ways you can start improving for the next few years or months. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's really exciting for me. It's really exciting to do new things. Yeah. Just. Because. Yeah, trying to, I think some runners just do the same. I know so many runners that every spring they run a marathon, every fall they do a marathon, just on repeat over and over and over again. And that's their A race. And, uh, and not that you have to make the relay race your A race. You could, but sometimes it's just nice. To I think the guys that won, I bet you they it was the, their A race. They were crazy fast. They were fast. all super prepared, super focused, determined. And, yeah. and, and that's fine. You can make a relay race your A race, yeah. but just switch it up. Um, and number seven, I'm not going to say I really like this one. I do, but I'm not going to say it. It, it is, <laughs> it's the best one. <laughs> Social interaction. It is, I think, so we, the six of us did it last year. We did it again this year. And I feel like we were, we were friends and we knew each other. But when we did the relay race last year, we were, we knew each other so much better. Like you drive three hours in the car together. You're in the van all day with each other. You're staying in this air, same Airbnb. I feel like it just ramped up our friendship big time with yeah. the six of us that were on the team. And having so many people doing the same thing that you don't know, you end up talking with very different kinds of people that they're all runners or they love running. So you that I like that social interaction because I'm terrible at networking or that kind of stuff. If I go to a party, if I know no one, I will go out for the, out of the party knowing no one. Yeah. Right? Uh, but when you're running... The same thing, you are. It's really easy to talk to someone you don't know about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, even the Formula Run because it's just an hour and thirty minute run, but everyone is doing the same thing. And I remember we started with a strategy of doing two laps each, and by the third exchange, we said, "Okay, no, we need to do one lap." And we were talking about it between us, and the team behind beside us was like, "Yeah, we're doing the same thing." So, and you start chatting with them, and so it's a For me, it's, it's a very easy way to interact and socialize with people I don't know. Mm -hmm. There was people last year when we did, they weren't there this year, but I met people for the first time ever in Utica, New York, who were from Ottawa. Oh, yeah, me too. And then I came back and all of a sudden I knew all these people that I didn't know before we did this race in another country. Yeah. Um, and even just, I was talking at the, this race finished at a brewery and I was talking about uh, leg seven and how hard it was and leg 11 and then. There's one of the other teammates like, oh, you did like 11. Oh, my God, that hill when you come up this one and you turn left and then there's more hill. And we were like commiserating a little bit. And <laughs> it just kind of brings you together. Yeah. In, so, in your misery. Yeah. <laughs> in your misery. <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of benefits of doing this. We really recommend you to, to try one. There are a lot of different things you can do. Uh, even I was thinking the other day we can, no, we, but it will be interesting if some kind of backyard ultra or in teams. Yeah. I'd love to organize a relay race or something like that in Ottawa. That, uh, There's nothing. 
Nope. I think well, other than the formula, think, run, the formula run, yeah. right? Like, and it was a huge success. And everyone yeah. that participated in that run, it's saying we are coming next week. Yeah. And I'm talking to everyone that you should try it. It's it's a very fun hour and a half. It's a short race, an hour and a half. You end up running only, in our case, we were four. And I think I just ran seven, eight K. Yeah. But crazy fast and passing the baton and how are you feeling? Here's some Gatorade and my daughter was there and it was, I, I really enjoyed that race. Yeah. We should organize another one. Yeah. So there you have it. Seven benefits of running relay races. Mm -hmm. Team dynamics, you said that already. <laughs> Very intensity. Very intensity. Thank you. Adaptability, mental toughness, recovery practice, and the final two. And motivation boost plus social interaction. The most important one, social interaction. Social interaction. And if there's beer at the end, I think that's a big plus. And it ramps up the social interaction. That's our fashion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard of a, a race. It's going to happen in Ottawa this weekend. Uh, it's like a beer mile, but it's a 5K donut. So if you know the beer so mile, smart. you start, you, you drink a beer, run for 100 meters, and you do that four times. You do that four times. And this concept, I think it's going to be you eat one donut, you run 1K, and you repeat that five times. That's going to... It's not a really race, but it's a, I think all of these kind of things we talk about can translate to that. So it's just, it's just about trying new things, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be here to try it, but I think... Maybe we'll do it on our canoe trip. On the portages, we'll just sprint and then have a donut at the end of the portage <laughs> we need trail. To bring a s'mores or something like that. Yeah, but s'mores I, it, instead it, of donuts. It sound, sounds, sounds really interesting and I think it applies to just find different kind of races. Yeah, I like these races that are creative and just get you trying new things and not obsessing as much about your performance. Yeah, if you know about any other different kind of races that we don't know about, please share them with us. It will mm -hmm. be super interesting to know different kind of ways. So push yourself as a runner, try new things as a runner. That will help you achieve your goals in your 5K, your marathon, or whatever you are. Just this kind of mixing things up. Perfect. So thanks a lot for listening once again. Anything else you want to say? I don't think. I don't think. Stay tuned because we'll try to organize something. I've, I've got some ideas brewing. Oh, cool. So if you live in the auto area. I like it. We'll, we'll have an idea. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.